Welcome to Coffee to Go, where we center ourselves in the scriptures, seasons, and holy days of the Christian tradition. I'm Karen Peter, and I'm here with Blake Smith. We welcome you on the journey. So today is the second Sunday after Epiphany. We are in the season of light. And last week, the light shone on Jesus as the beloved son of God. And today it illuminates Jesus in kind of a new way. And so when we ask ourselves, where are we with Jesus this week? We are actually in uh, Galilee. Jesus has traveled there and us with him. And in Galilee, his follower, Philip, wants to introduce other people to Jesus. And so here we learn a little bit about culture at that time that not much is expected out of this teacher from Nazareth. So let's hear what this is about, Blake. All right. Well, our passage comes from the Gospel according to John, and it is the first chapter, the 43rd through the 51st verse. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So why does this matter? There are probably groups of people that any of us might just because of the nature of where they're from, the way they dress or the culture we perceive that that they are from, that we might go, what do they have to offer? Uh, Who are they to say that they're the expert in this? And so here's this cold splash of water in the face of Philip, who is so excited. He he can't wait to tell Nathaniel that he has found the Messiah, the Son of God. And and Nathaniel's like, yeah, well, what what good could come out of Nazareth? And so there are just a couple of, of things here. I mean, first of all, Nazareth, in all honesty, it wasn't a place of, of high reputation. Um, and Jesus was from a poor family, and there were people who dismissed him uh, due to his origins and his lack of status. I mean, this was, as we said many, many times, not what you might expect of a coming king. He wasn't born into royalty. It was no big fanfare. There was just this guy that people were claiming was the son of God. And Nathaniel wasn't ready to buy into it until until Jesus um, acknowledged knowing him before he even showed up. But I want to just before I get to that, I want to pick up on this piece of of Philip being so excited. And I think there are times in our lives when when we're excited, we've had an encounter 
Uh, we might be hesitant to share it with someone, um, but it was a meaningful experience for us that may have affirmed the presence of God. And then we share it with someone and their reaction might not be what we hope for. And I think mm-hmm. that is probably the case here with Philip. And so I would just say that um, we need to persist in those moments and acknowledge that that God uh, or Christ shows up to us in different ways. And I, I would even say in ways that we individually need it. And and so everybody's may not, they may not believe even in um, a particular type of encounter, but if it is the encounter that you have experienced, don't let that cold water dissuade you from um, the joy and and excitement that you have gotten from from having that encounter and um and don't be hesitant to share it that's likely going to happen you're likely to run into that kind of response uh, it might be cynicism or just uh, outright nastiness even so from that point then again we have this encounter with Nathaniel and Jesus Jesus has to actually kind of come and talk to Nathaniel for Nathaniel to get it and it it uh, is in a quick and simple sentence that Nathaniel's doubt and question is taken away and it is this uh simple phrase i saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Karen, I know you've done a lot of work on this idea of fig tree, but the one of one of the things about the fig tree is in, in this culture, in the Palestinian culture in these days, to go to say uh, you're going to go and sit under the fig tree is in a way an invitation to conversation. So if you take your Talmud and you go sit under the fig tree and others see you there, it is an acknowledgement that you are there to learn and converse and to grow. And, and so um, for Jesus then to acknowledge to Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. I know what's in your heart. I know that you want to learn. I know that you want to grow. I know that you, you are ready. Um, and that connection, I think, between Jesus and Nathaniel really opened that doorway for Nathaniel to understand exactly the authority and um, and importance that Jesus had so that he wasn't just some easily dismissed individual from some unknown or unworthy town. There is really interesting, Blake, because he actually says you're a person with no deceit in you or or no you know evil intention in you. And it's so opposite from what Nathaniel said about Jesus at the beginning. Yeah. It's quite a contrast. Yeah. So another piece out of that is is that Jesus knows our potential and sees our potential, yeah. um, even before we might see it. And uh so that's important for us to, to understand. Some questions we might ask ourselves, starting with this idea of there being groups of people, sometimes whole groups or maybe just individuals. And again, maybe because of a characteristic or where they're from or the color of their skin or what we perceive to be their lifestyle. We might ask ourselves, when have we dismissed someone else without uh, taking the time to get to know them or understand what they bring to the table. Um, and when when have we felt, when have you felt looked down on 
due to your circumstances or status mm-hmm. or place of origin? Um, those are some important questions. It's kind of a two-way thing because I know that that we all experience that as well, the the side of being looked down on. That kind of helps for me. I think when I'm able to think of those times, it helps inform me about how I feel and makes me less apt to do that to someone else. Yeah. So uh, another question, when have I had an encounter with the spirit or with God or Jesus that I really wanted to share with someone? And then did I share it or was I afraid to share it and why? What was the response? Ooh. If I did, what was the response? Yeah. So we've talked a couple of times, Blake, that you and I both serve in the office of 70. And so we're we're pretty uh, practiced, I guess, at sharing about God, about this walk with Jesus. But But even as practiced as we are, I still feel that sometimes. I still sometimes hesitate because I'm not sure how my words will be received, or I'm super careful about how I word it, right? So that nobody takes offense. And I don't want to be confused with this kind of ugly Christian discourse that's out in our society. And so I, I back away from saying some things that I might have said before. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting reflection question. So here's, here's a quick confession for me. I moved into the home I'm living in now about three years ago, and it was well into a year before I uh, allowed the conversation between myself and neighbors to go far enough to talk about what I did Uh because I wanted to get to kind of get a feel of them first Um, because I have been in places where, you know, I was rejected. I I feel like once people knew what I did, they were like kind of avoiding me. Mm -hmm. So now I'm... Even as a full-time, long-term minister, a 70 in the church, I still have times of hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just I'm, human. Yeah, yeah. So the, the last question that I think we might consider this week is, um, what potential might be seen in me that I have not yet um, acknowledged uh, by myself? Yeah, what did Nathaniel okay. discover about himself? What can we discover yeah. about ourselves that Jesus illuminates in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. So I was giving some thought to that, Blake. And um, so I had a conversation with my dad several years ago, and he didn't want to continue the conversation. He, he told me that from his perspective, I no longer valued his opinion. And he said that because of our radically different political perspectives just like many families are experiencing today. And I was really caught off guard by that because I do value his opinions and insights, just not his political ones. <laughs> and <laughs> and I try to make a point to, to name that. And, um, and I did at that moment, I made a point to name what I valued right then. So he knew that I was not dismissing all of his opinions and ideas and insights and wisdom that he had just in the political realm, did I disagree with him? So um, from that experience, I would say this week, uh, friends and listeners, listen for the goodness in others and make a point to really try to see past the things that annoy you or divide you and look for um, what has value in that person and even what denotes the potential you see in them and 
name it, say it, share it, offer that as a gift to somebody else this week. All right. Uh, Today, I'm going to offer the closing a blessing before Blake signs us off. And it's a little bit long, not too bad, but it comes out of uh, blessing. Let's see. It comes out from Ash and Starlight. Prayers for the Chaos and Grace of Daily Life by Ariane Braithwith Lane. And it's called When I've Been Running from What God Asked. So <laughs> I think it kind of fits a little bit hey. what might have happened after <laughs> Philip and uh, Nathaniel. But let's see. When I've Been Running from What God Asked. Patient one. I can be so reluctant, so resistant. I can hear your call and flee in the other direction. I can receive your vision and hide from its hope. I can see your your sweet grace and then whine that it's not fair. I can stand so ready to judge those around me when my ground is no higher than theirs. And then, patient one, you come again. You come to my fearfulness, arrogance, and boundary lines with your mercy, compassion, and steadfast love. You come to my small vision with an eye, a word, a touch that can swallow the universe in love. You come and share how forgiveness is always an unlocked door. What lies behind it might be unexpected, but it promises to unbind my hurt with welcome, strength, and affirmation. You always give me a chance to change, as many chances as I ask for, and more. So, patient one, please restore in me some love, trust, and hope. A clear picture of what my life might look like if everyone were a sister and brother. Because they are. Open my relentless grip on what I've always known and been that I might embrace the calling before me here and now. Mm. I wasn't liking that too much at the beginning because I was <laughs> seeing myself way deep in that. <laughs> but I love the blessing. I love the, the blessing and the request. So Thanks for that, Gary. It, it pulls it out at the end. <laughs> yes. I was starting to sweat a little bit. <clears throat> well, thanks for that, Karen. And thank you to all our listeners, as always, for joining us here at Coffee to Go. We invite you to join us again next week for the next part of our journey through the liturgical seasons and holy days of the Christian tradition. Mm-hmm.